Welcome to another episode of Through the Lens of Christ, a podcast that uh, we make available as um, uh, just an effort to have spiritual, godly conversation. Um, us trying to uh, understand the world around us, trying to understand the Christ within us, us trying to understand who we are and who God is and how do we um, process how all of these things converge on one another. And so uh, Steve Douster and I are able to uh, come together and have these conversations together, and I am excited about them. So, hello, Steve. Hello, Adam. Um, we, uh, we again, as we, we pick topics that are either uh, culturally relevant or things that are, are happening in the news, uh, things that are of theological uh, significance, questions that people may have, we try to um, just have a good conversation around these topics. And so the, the article that we're going to be discussing today, really the, the topic that we're going to be discussing, and, and we've talked about this, I think, various times over the last several months, um, is this idea of community engagement, engaging with each other as a body of believers, the importance of uh, having conversation with each other, having a spiritual conversation, but just building relationship with one another. Um, and the article that uh, Ashley will post on here was from Megan Hill. And the idea was around um, how in this in the pandemic with the coronavirus, as uh, churches have e- either are still not meeting or as they are meeting, it's significantly different. And there's just not an opportunity for constant engagement um, with other believers. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, about the importance of it, and about what it's, the fact that it's been diminished, what that impact is on on us as believers and um, the church as a whole. So, Steve, thoughts? <laughs> thoughts. Yeah, well, thoughts. Yeah, I, I like the article. I don't know who Megan Hill is. Do you Have you ever read her before? Do I, you know who nope, she is? I looked up the bio. Yeah, so, I saw it at the yeah. end of the article, too. So, um, so yeah, don't know her background, but I thought the article was an interesting article and, and, and kind of helpfully pulled some things out. You know, they, I think the kind of the context was, you know, at church, we used to have a lot of little conversations with folks, with, with a lot of folks um, from different backgrounds, different times, different places, and that's been diminished because of COVID now, and now those conversations don't happen. So it seems like our circle of friends may have shrunk and we have some perhaps intentionally deep relationships with others, but not nearly as many kind of in-between or, or shallow, for lack of a better word, relationships, you know, multiplied over a lot of people, over a lot of different places. And that's been diminished, and that's damaging to uh, the church, perhaps, to us, um, to us just kind of psychologically. And I, th- I agree with her. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that her focus was really on this idea of, of small talk, the kind of what I would consider to be kind of inane conversations that we have with people that somebody walks into the church and, hey, how you doing? I haven't seen you for a week. And these we may not talk to that person throughout that week. We may only see them at church on Sunday. They probably wouldn't be considered to be within our friend group. They're acquaintances. But yet that that those little sparks of conversation are so important. And she shares about how she's got a closer friend who she spends some time with. I don't I remember every day, a couple times a week, whatever. And they go on a walk together. Mm-hmm. And then, she, you know, she shared that in this 30 minutes, they may not talk about anything of significance until they're ready to go. And, I, th- you know, because they're just ready building apart from each other. Yes. Yeah. Right. They're, they're building up kind of uh, relational equity between each other and getting comfortable, even though they're friends, they're still getting comfortable with each other in the conversation. And I think that has been significantly diminished through this, and it's it's a barrier. I mean, sometimes I can even probably see it when we start talking, even on these 
on these podcast episodes. We start talking, it's like, oh, it's a little rough. We're trying to work yep. our way out. But by, you know, five or ten minutes into it, yep. we kind of get into a flow. I think people are that way naturally. Um, you mentioned inane conversations. I, I would have to say every single good friend of mine with deep friendships probably started off with an inane conversation. Right. That's the way friendships start, and that's yep. the way depth of It's got to start somewhere, yes. and, and so it probably does start with some strange. I can remember my, my one of my best friends, uh, Kurt McCulloch, who passed away over, mm. you know, over the fall. The first time I saw him was I. We were standing in line at a at a at the county fair, getting our 4-H projects from our kids, and we just started a conversation. Mm. Turns out to be one of the best friends I've ever had in my whole life. Yeah, so. right, right. And and if you don't have that, you were talking about us in our conversation, whether it's recorded or not. I think about when we come together if, to record these. I mean, we start before we record. Hey, Steve, how was your day? Right? right. Hey, Adam, what'd you do today? Like, it's just because we know each other well enough and we're going to get into some deep conversations and that's good, but you got to build into it, right? It's not just like, let's sit down cold and start having some depth of conversation. It's the same way in our, in our friendships that now that that's been diminished in our churches where you don't have that kind of building up of the the kind of casual conversation in the, in the, the body, we, we talk a lot about the importance of spiritual conversation. Mm-hmm. We don't want to diminish the need for small conversation, no. right? Because you can't just walk up to somebody and say, Steve, how did you reflect Christ this week, and where do you think you failed? Right. right? I mean, How's your spiritual walk? <laughs> right. And, right. And I think a lot of times we, we just start off with that, kind of checking in one one just, I mean we did the same thing before we started this episode all three of us did just kind of checked in with each other how are you today is everything okay and then you kind of move in from there if all you get is a check-in which is important yeah don't get me wrong it's important if this is all the farther you can go because of your circumstances there's there's really difficult it's really difficult to go any deeper and and especially going back to the article thinking about covid not only that when we go to church well let me back up a little bit Coming to church with multiple services, yep. which we didn't start here that much before COVID hit. Yeah. When do you think it was? Was it a year or two? Maybe well, we, two We've talks? done two for seven, eight years. Okay. We went to three, three. probably two years ago. Okay. So, so it was so, a year before maybe COVID. So, yep. so two years ago, it gets reshuffled into mm-hmm. three services. Yep. A year ago, COVID happens, and everything gets reshuffled automatically, and then it gets reshuffled again. Now, this isn't the church's fault yep. necessarily. It's the yep. it's the environment we live in. But then it gets reshuffled again because now we've got a masked first service, and the second and third are not. Yep. So there's a constant reshuffling. It's not even that... We're checking in on the same people every Sunday, even for 30 seconds. It's There's a new group every three months. So it's the constant churn of all that as well that I think it makes it really problematic. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. And, and I would add the complication to that, that we've only got 15 minutes if I'm on time right. in between services. Right. So you're, you're talking, even if you wanted to have some conversation with somebody, you probably can't. Right. And so you're, you're shuffled in and out of services. You're with different people. You, it, it's, it's, a, it's a very real issue with how do you build community. Um, and to your point, you know, we knew when we went to three services that there was going to be some of that. So you kind of strategically plan that in and how do we, you know, we planned a bunch of events, kind of how do we get people together and well, all that gets shot. Right. Right. So, um, but we've, we've got to figure out how to do it because it, it is of impact that, you know, if we're not building the small relationships on, you know, just a casual conversation on a Sunday morning, we're not we're certainly not going to pick up the phone or, or text somebody through the week if we don't feel like we built any of that relationship with them. 
Yeah, I think part of it is we have to find a place of some stability. So so when, say, community church went to the three services, I mean, we, you and I, I think, had this conversation. Mm-hmm. I had it with others. It's almost like you got three churches going on at the yep. same time. I think that's just unavoidable in that situation yep. because people gravitate to one service or the other. But then that couldn't happen because it got it got reshuffled up again. So so until we can find some you know stability over time, I think it's going to be really challenging to do a whole lot of whole lot better. Maybe there's some other things that can be done. I'm sure we can try to talk about them. But mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm for finding a level set in all of this so that people can have a routine. Routine has been important in my life. I'll just mention that over the whole year of COVID so far, I have I have fought hard to keep a routine. Um, and that's helped quite a bit and helped my sanity for one thing, but also helped probably everyone around me to a degree. Even those that didn't like it, they, they know where I am, right. what I'm doing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's we've talked about going to different service times, going back to two on Sunday morning and one on Saturday night. Or, and we're like, There's, we're not going to make a change just to make a change. We need right. to build some structure in um but it, it is, it's hard. The world is yep. unstructured right now, yes. even still. I mean, I realize yep. it's 2021, but right now we're still in the middle of a lot of transition. We are. And I think one thing, I think it was in this article, one thing she brings up is that, um, you know, you go to work or, or wherever your other kind of places that you go are, and usually they're structured around who you would naturally gravitate to, right? They're people like us. I think about even me when I go into the office, like the people that I'm communicating with are people like me. They're doing what I do. They're, we're, we've got a, a foundation and a, and a similar purpose together. And so it's easy to just build relationship. You come into church and you've got people from, I mean, that's the beauty of, of church, right? Yes. You've got people from every walk of life, people from that are so disparate from who, who we would say that we are through the week, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're, we're all grounded on something so much greater. And so this idea of being anchored in Christ and being able to come with other people and to be able to see Christ in them and be able to learn from them and be able to connect with them in a different way is such a vital aspect of, of community that we miss. And I think a lot of people have felt that even if they haven't been able to put their finger on it, you know, they've been gone for six, eight, nine, twelve months, and they'll come back and go, it is so amazing to be here in person. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with the quality of the live stream. It has nothing to do. It's the fact that you can't replicate being together in community virtually. You, you just, I don't care how good the chat room is. I don't care how amazing the video quality is. You cannot replicate the presence of Christ between believers without actually being physically present. Yeah, that's a really good point. That whole that whole difference of whether it's political, whether it doesn't matter, right? Whatever it is, all the differences that we have when we come together to focus on Christ and be a family. Um, you said it can't be replicated. That's true. I I feel like, you know, maybe it's when I, well. Let's just take myself as an example. Coming back to church, I talk to fewer people now. Mm-hmm. Um, they are generally the people that I talked to before. Probably the ones I talk to more than others. So my my little circle bubble has shrunk right there and i feel like that's that's a we're we're getting out of practice or or out of the habit of being able to talk to people that are not not like us and that is a real risk and i think there's a i mean i look back over this you know just thinking about this conversation before it even started there's a lot of damage happening right now in the in the church and in our culture but in the church as well because of this in, lack of stability the lack of ability to form meaningful, deeper relationships, we can still, 
We can still form them, the ones we've kept, but most of us have been very intentional about a few relationships and not as many as we had before. Yeah. Yeah, I think that idea that we're we're naturally training ourselves to talk to less people. Yes. And, you know, that's one of the outcomes that we didn't even know we were training ourselves to do it, but that's the, the outcome. And even the way we look at other people is far more cynical than what it used to be. We're, we're being very much um, conditioned as a triggering word, but conditioned that we would be um, more comfortable being separated from people and that we wouldn't feel as comfortable with the people we're with. Um, we constantly see our differences now as sources of division. And, you know, I think we talked about that in a couple couple episodes ago. But the idea that we're, we're, we see our differences of sources of division, where in reality, this place, I mean, coming together as a body of believers, is really where our differences, if we're in Christ and we're true believers in Christ, our differences should actually be part of what builds up the body. Right. And if if we're further kind of separating from each other and creating more of that, even if it's if it's done completely benevolently, we are still inadvertently creating divisions where Christ is calling for unity. Yeah, so so the culture is still pressing hard on us to try to divide us. And we've got too much of that in the church already. And, and I think with this whole year of COVID, it's really increased. So the church is trying to divide us by race, by sex, uh, all kinds of pol- politics, masking. We, we do this all the time. Masking and non-masking. It's really hard to just walk up to somebody and have a conversation without knowing where they sit on something. The only place that can be done is at church really well, really effectively, because Christ at the center, and now that's cut off from us. Yes. That's, a, that's all really problematic. So we're being driven apart by the culture right now. So I, I do see, I, I do see um, even more, I think, today than, than before, how the whole COVID, even mask mandate, I'll say government requirements, all these things, how they really need to be as, as temporary as possible because they're actually harming people. I mean, you can think of extreme examples, too, like nursing homes and things like sure. that. Um, all these people, all these folks are being harmed. Yeah. Um, I, I can also think of another little line that I was kind of wanting to go down. I can think of people that are naturally introverts, and they're like, oh, relief. I don't have to talk to many people, right? Yep. Or people, you know, which which is problematic. I understand the nature of that, yep. but I don't think anybody, any of us, are designed to be alone, we're designed to be with other people and to try to gently, if we have to, expand our circle of friends and, and the ones that speak into our lives. Maybe slowly, maybe gently, but ever more growing outward. And I think that's just a function of being Christians looking out in love. We're to love other people. That's that's the mark of a believer. Uh, it doesn't say 50 or 100 or 7. It just says loving other people. So a natural bent to expansion and deepening of relationships and I think that's been, you know, stifled by all this COVID stuff and the, and the government yep. intervention. Yes, definitely. Well, I think you, know, you talk about introverts like I, I fall on the extreme end of introversion. And so, you know, most people, when they talk to me, they're like, no, you don't. I'm like, I'm telling you, I've taken all the tests. Like, I, it doesn't, introversion does not mean that you're awkward with people. It no. just means that you recharge alone, right? That sure. I, being by myself would be the preferred mode. And, and by myself can include my family, but it's like those who are closest to you. Right. 
but it's a safe place. Yes, and, right. And there's nothing to so, you. I'm comfortable. So when this you know thing first happened, the, the joke was, man, this this couldn't be better, right? Like this, this is right. amazing. Introverts love it. Yes. Now the problem is, is that as a as an introvert, you be um, constantly drawn to go, yep, that's fine, and I'm going to withdraw more and more and more. But you begin to see that you have to be more intentional about how you build relationships. For me, it's easy to be intentional because I'm connected to so many people, right? So I'm 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 going to have meetings with people. I'm going to be in ministry together. I'm going to so but I even found for myself I had to be more intentional about these the conversations that I'm having with people are even more important than I noticed that they were before. Mm-hmm. And because you just you're missing something and that something is truly the the Christ in other people. I can go talk to a lot of people. Right. But I really I don't miss like going to work into the office with a bunch of people. I said my yeah. biggest fear right now is because I'm still working mainly from the office and it's a building of 5,000 that is maybe 200 people in the office. My biggest fear is, is people coming back, right? Yeah, like, all the like coming back, right? <laughs> right. Oh, no. I'm not, I'm not worried about, oh, man, I wish I could talk to people here. Like, I'm good. Right. But at church, the hardest thing was when we weren't having in-person services and I wasn't connected to people. And, like, I noticed there's a difference. I don't need to be connected to people, but at church, I want to be connected to people. Why? It's not, I mean, all the people are great at church, Steve. Yeah, but yeah. Some greater I, than others. Right. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I am really drawn to to Christ-centered people. And, I, and again, that isn't the people. It's the Christ in the people right. that just keeps drawing us back to community. Yeah, I think that's I think that it really is true. And that's a bit that's a big miss we've had right now for a long time. I mean, has it been nine months at least? Maybe it was a mar- year. End of March. So we're almost a year. Almost a year into it. And yeah. so I, again, I, I just see the damage being done and it's gonna take a long time to recover from that. I mean, honestly, the other thing is children. They don't have the same opportunities as well. I mean, yeah. schooling. Um I saw oh I was read an article, I didn't see this. I was read an article about a a high school in the St. Louis area, where kind of in the area where I grew up, it's a really um, economically well-off high school, and the the number of suicide people that have the number of students that have contemplated suicide in the last week was it was something like forty percent of the kids in a high school. That's and this is like a high school of six hundred people. Um, and then you know how many had seriously, really mm-hmm. seriously dwelt on that was another significant. Yeah. I think it was eighteen yeah. percent. And then there was four percent that had actually tried to commit suicide. All of this is a all this is a function of this environment that we're in. So we can talk about all the COVID risks and the health risks, and they're real. I'm sure yes. I know they're real. Yep. But there is a balance there from you know actual psychological health and yep. mental health um, and spiritual health that yep. we need to consider as well. And so the encouragement is: is how do you, regardless of of how you're feeling. How do you make sure that you're actually being connected in a body? That's what you referenced earlier. That's one of the reasons why we went to a mass service and some not mass service, because we're just trying to remove barriers, right? Right. Like what is keeping somebody away from the body? We've got to resolve that. And so we want to do it in a loving way of possible. But if, if, you know, we can get 50 people in a mass service together, great. Mm -hmm. Like all we want to do is encourage people to get connected as a, as a family. And that even if it's, even if you're only comfortable right now, having some small talk with people, that is so vitally important. And, and like I said, I've seen it firsthand from so many people who have come back and said, I wasn't ready, but I came back and man, it's just different. And I, I think that's very true. 
Yeah, I think we need to remember also that this is a triage state right now that we're in. This is not any kind of new normal, and it needs to, it needs to continue to move and shape and grow. So triage is not the way we, we want to be. We want to be fully healthy, right. and we're not there yet. We're not allowed to be in a way, um, but we also have to keep pushing into that and trying to get more normal. We do, yes, and that's why you know I think we— we don't want to do anything that jeopardizes or, or somebody else's health. We don't want to do anything right. that shows us to be unloving in some way. But yet we also know, and, and when I say me, I'm talking the elders of the church, right? Also understand that as, as shepherds of the flock, it's necessary that we at some point say, listen, we got to start meeting. We're looking at, at May and June where we can start to be outside. And we like, we just have to take advantage of, of those things because mm-hmm. it's, it's, we can come up with all the barriers and all the reasons why we shouldn't. But I, I think at this point, the re, the the issue with not doing it is far greater than, you know, people can choose to, to come or not. And that is good and right and make their yep. decisions. Yep. But we have to be offering ways for the body to connect. Yep. Looking for those opportunities. Is important. Yes. All right. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Adam.